Today on the podcast, we're talking about Micah chapter 6, which contains in it the most famous passage from this book. Most of our discussion will center around that passage and what it means to do justice, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with God. When combined with the context from the rest of the chapter, it sheds new perspective on these words. We're glad you've joined us today. This is After the Message. All right, guys. Good to see you. Good to be in the room. And you too. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, we we sort of lost control before we hit record here, and so we're trying to rein it back in. Um, So professional. That's that's why it started so awkwardly. Mm -hmm. Mm. Um, I feel like that's like the story of this group almost weekly. The norm. It Mm. it really is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Straight. So I don't know. That says something about us. I'm not sure what, but. I have a few thoughts, but. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's never a dull moment, though. No. Yeah. Yep. So how, mm. how are you guys? So, so it was spring break this past week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know yeah. a lot of you were traveling. I was here, I'd just like to say. I was <laughs> holding down the fort. <laughs> yeah. There were here. not many people here. No, I was weren't. here, and it was really lonely. Because mm-hmm. you were holed up in an office meeting with people all week. Yeah, that's, well, yeah, the first part of the week. Uh-huh. And then it was just me. The only yeah. thing I really hear from this conversation is that since you guys were here, nothing got done. <laughs> That's not, not really true. That unusual. Actually, 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 what you heard was Mark said I was getting things done. Yeah, that, that is true. true. I, I didn't yeah. hear that. Yeah, I was just wandering around the halls looking for people to hang out with. <laughs> uh, no, so but uh, did the rest of you enjoy your time away? Yeah, it's good. Yeah, we were in uh, Breckenridge, Colorado. Yeah, it's been set like man twenty years since we've been snow skiing. Did that. It's yeah. nice. I'm not good. My wife actually grew up skiing. Like she can ski. Uh, me, on the other hand, not so mm. much. I can fall yeah. really well. That's mm. part of skiing. Mm-hmm. I got a body built for tubing as opposed <laughs> to skiing. <laughs> I feel like lower to the ground helps me feel better about my life. They tell you make the pizzas all the way down. That yeah. just, it doesn't help me. I want to eat pizza and get in my tube. Yeah. Yeah. What, what, what about you, Sean? What did you guys do? So, uh, we not really, I'll, I say not fun, but we went and worked a little bit. Uh, went down to Columbia, which is my in-laws. Um, oh, not like the country. Yeah, <laughs> well, no, not not the, not the country. The <laughs> small town of Columbia in Mississippi. Um, but we uh, we set some things on fire. That was fun. Um, yeah. We, did, we camped out a little bit. Um, the boys did a little turkey hunting. And so, so it, was, it was fun. Good. Good, oh, that's fine. good stuff. Yeah, that's great. Well, yeah, it was a little lonely. It was quiet mm-hmm. around here, but but I, I, I sometimes I feel like you know that's a good environment to get things done. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I mean, except For some, except in, <laughs> except in Mark's case where he Mark wanders, saw he wanders oppor- aimlessly, he saw the opportunity and ran. <laughs> uh, well. <laughs> anyway, well, glad you're all back, and so, um, so, and I'm and I'm glad to be jumping into uh, discussion this week on on uh, this next chapter of Micah, Micah six, and so we we covered this week, uh, you know, among other things, uh, probably the what we established last week and kind of prepped as the setup for this week. This is like the most famous uh, passage from the book of Micah, certainly, and and maybe even one of the more popular passages in Scripture as a whole. So which is a part of this chapter. And um, so it was, it was great to, to hear that unpacked and, and again, just to hear, uh, you know, to put that in, in context. Because usually when you hear that verse, Micah 6, 8, quoted, you kind of hear it on its mm-hmm. own. Like you don't really hear the That's context right. that surrounds it. 
And uh, so, which is part of the real benefit of, you know, the kind of preaching that we've grown mm-hmm. accustomed to, which is walking through a book and, and really looking at these things in context. So um, as we start, I mean, again, Josh, I love asking this question up front, you know, just uh, as you were, were coming in, you preached the message. Mm-hmm. I mean, what was, uh, um, what did you find in your prep for it and how, how did you, how did you approach it? Yeah, so the text itself is longer, um, and and there's a lot of background work to be done in the beginning. <clears throat> so if you if you were here, or you've already listened to to that sermon. Like <laughs> I spent a, a majority, like almost 25 to almost 30 minutes, yeah. talking about the first eight verses, uh, which I think going back on it, like I wouldn't do it any different because the remaining verses that are there, verses nine and following, are just kind of the 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 outcome of them not doing what God had already told them to do. So like, right. this is, this is the judgment that is going to be rendered down. And, and, and not only that then, but also getting prepared for a uh, hundred years from that moment of what the Babylonians are going to do. So that, so they're feeling that weight, but man, I, for me, uh, again, context matters. And I've always loved Micah six, eight, but preaching through it, this go round and uh, just, just trying to better understand what does it mean to do justice? What does it mean to love mercy or to love kindness? And and what does it mean to walk humbly with God? Because if, if that is truly what he's desired, like if, if their question is, all right, what do you want from us? What, what, what did we do and how do we make it better? What do you want from me? And his answer is, I already told you what I want. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I've already given you that. And it is to do those things, justice, mercy, and, and kindness. And, and I think if those things are important, then, then the uh, question of our life is, okay, am I doing that? Um, and not just as a church, individ- uh, church as a corporate organization or at Broadmoor as our local faith family, but in my own life, like, am I living out mm. justice? Am, am, I, am I striving for justice and all the abilities that I have to, to give it and extend it and to make sure others have it? Uh, am, I, am I loving kindness? Am I loving um, this, this idea of mercy? Um, to, to those that are in my sphere of influence? And uh, most importantly, am I walking humbly with God? Am I walking carefully with Him? Uh, thoughtfully, I think, is a, another word we're going to talk about in a second. Um, am I doing those things to make sure I'm walking the right way? And so it was really good for me to, to walk through it and then again to preach it yesterday. Yeah, as, as I hear you talk about that, I was trying to put my finger on it, like why Micah 6-8 felt different. And to me, it's more so the tone of it changes mm-hmm. When you put it in context, that's right. Yeah. You 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 hear, the Lord's told you what is good to do justly, love mercy, walk humbly with your God. You hear that. You see it posted on a T-shirt. You can quote it, mm-hmm. but when you hear it in the context of everything else, uh, and I think you, I've already told you. Mm-hmm. Like, are you not listening? Like, it mm-hmm. changes the tone of it. Right. Um, and so so knowing that, really. Most of what people know about Micah is Micah six eight, mm-hmm. but yeah. to see it in the context of this really gives you a, kind of a new perspective. Yeah, it's it's almost like you read you know you read Micah six eight now in that context. It's almost I can hear like almost exasperation. It's like yeah, you know, like mm-hmm. you know. So it's like the people asking, okay, how can I continue to like live in the way that I want to live, but but like pay you off or like appease you? Like yeah. how can I how can I do what I want to do, but but like offer something to you, God, mm-hmm. that that you you'll so you'll be okay with me, and uh, and it's almost like. What are you kidding me? Like I've already <laughs> <Yeah>. told you. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you know? It's not new. It's yeah. not new revelation. Right. Yeah. It's something that he's told him from the beginning. And and to your point, like if you look at the verses preceding it, 
it's outlandish uh-huh. what they what they were thinking and yeah. and how this applies to our community. Like if you're in, if you're listening to this podcast and you live in Madison, you know the affluence that we live in. And I think this is an affluent forward posture because I don't think poor people would come and say, well, I can buy God off. Mm. I can get all these sacrifices. I can do these things. I think the posture that we are seeing is a very affluent people because remember at the beginning of this prophecy, they're in the best time they've ever experienced. Mm. And the rich are the richest they've ever been. The leaders are the, the, the most affluent. The Sadly, the preachers are the most affluent because they're taking bribes for a good good prophecy that they want to see unfolded. And so they're in this idea of, I can pay God off. God, what do you need? Where we live, sometimes we, we may not go directly that route and say, well, I, I can get away from this. But how often do we kind of think, ah, I, can get, I can get through this life because I, can, I have the means to do it? Yeah. How much, how far can I get? How, how, how much can I toe the line because I have the ability to get myself out of trouble uh, or to buy myself out of the mess that I'm in? And, mm. and that doesn't work with God. God said nothing about his answer was, yeah, pay me this much money. Uh, it was no justice, mm. mercy, humbly. Those are the things that I require from you. Mm. It always goes back to, um, like you consistently go back to, is the why, the heart. Mm-hmm. Because if it's just about the action, then it would make sense. We can we can have an opposite action to balance it out. So for some, it is if I pay enough or if I, if I act a certain way, then I can avoid his wrath or I can gain his, I can appease his anger if I pay enough, sacrifice enough, do enough. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, that... That's not the heart that he wants from us. And it's always got to go back to the posture, the love we have for him. Mm -hmm. Where I get kind of what I have question about on this is when we talk about covenant, because covenant almost sounds transactional. It is. Right? Yeah. So he will will bless us if we... Mm -hmm. But what he's asking from us is not just acts of sacrifice or giving, he's acting, he's asking, he will bless us when our posture and our heart is for him, right? That is correct. So, and I think that's, that's where I always get a little hesitant when we talk about transactional, because it, it feels like he's going to love us if we do. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know. I mean, he's unconditional love, but what he's saying is he's going to bless his people when his people love him mm-hmm. and follow him. And it's not just a matter of legalism or works of righteousness, but it is a heart that comes behind. Mm. All right. So what if we didn't view God's love as two-dimensional and we started to see it in three and four and five-dimensional? So so in the instance of, you, you made a statement, God's love is unconditional, mm-hmm. right? And I would say <coughs> yes and plus. no. Uh, and and or yes and plus whatever whatever makes it feel better in this plus but sounds would, better than no, plus sounds you. better than no <laughs> and I would say yes in the fact that we know that God is going to love because uh, without hedging where we're going for this week the very end of Micah is the fact that Micah clings to the covenantal nature of God we know that He is going to atone for our sins we know that He is going to trample our transgressions under His feet we know He is going to redeem His people that's how the whole story ends and that is a beautiful reminder. They're still going to Babylon. Right. They're still going to be effectively wiped off the face of the earth because they didn't listen. Right. And so just because God is unconditionally loving to them, meaning his love for them is not going to change. 
That doesn't mean that there are going to be things that happen in their life that is, in their minds, probably going to think that's not very loving. doesn't feel loving. It, it isn't. And so in their mind, we can feel transactionally, well, I messed up. God's, God's no longer loving me the way that he used to. No, God's love has always been there. But this thing that we're going through right. is not going to feel good because of something we have done. There is consequences for the decisions that right. we've made. Uh, and I do think it's transactionary in the sense of God told them, that if if he he would be their God if they would be his people, right? Mm-hmm. That's that's the transaction. Um, the whole sacrifices were when they messed up, right? That is when things got skewed for them, mm-hmm. right? So they 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 no longer looked at it as we're we are trying to connect our 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 broken and separated hearts to the holy God. It, then it became transactional. Well, I got enough money. Well, if 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 this sin is going to cost me a pigeon, I got enough for five pigeons. I can go do this thing five times. Right. Well, I got enough money for a cow. Well, that's a pretty big sin. Well, I can go and do this again. So the thought is I have enough means to buy the atonement for this mm-hmm. sin. Miss the whole point. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think that is where God would even say, hey, look, I'm not pleased when you do that. Right. I'm not pleased at all the sacrifice because that was never the point of the sacrifices. That's anyway. good. So that, that's what I would say. So it, it's not just God is loving, God is not. So mm-hmm. when, when God punishes, it is not unloving of God to punish. That's right. God is still loving, but there is a punishment. It, and even if, and this kind of goes back to what we talked about, if the thought about our life is about us, it's going to feel that way often. But if the thought about our life is it is for God's glory over the long period of time, when God does anything, we can still rest in the fact that he still loves his people covenantally, mm. that nothing is going to change about it. And so if he is faithful to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob through all generations, that even though he would punish some and he would rebuke some and, and change some, I think that it gives us a way to, to see life differently if we don't see it just as, okay, if we got something bad, then, then God yeah, has stopped loving us. Yeah, I think that's um, like thinking back, you said this, I believe, yesterday in... He, God wants to give you life mm-hmm. and take the things that are killing you. Mm-hmm. And, and so I think sometimes, even as I heard you talking about transactional <clears throat> in that, if we do this, then we get God's blessing. And I think it's sometimes we even maybe skew the whole idea of blessing. Mm-hmm. Like we make blessing the things that we want, the things that we desire, instead of going, okay, what what is it that God wants us to know and experience about life? Like what is what is true life that can only be found in him? And so he knows that in its purest form. And so as we journey along, he does things that literally is going to take from us the things that are not bringing life. That's right. We may think they are, but they're not. And so he's he's trying to turn our attention back to mm-hmm. him mm-hmm. and where life is truly found. That's yeah. so good, too, because I, I think, like, it that just clicked in my head. It's like, because sometimes we see the things that are killing us as blessings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yes. These are the things yes. we're pursuing. And it's, so it's like, if, if, exactly. if God removes those things, it's like... Like we we see it as God, you're why are you why are you punishing me? Right, you know when when in reality he's loving us and he's he's it's this loving act of weeding out these things that are that are right. ultimately going to to kill us no and do us harm. It, it it is loving for me to take the Dr Pepper away from my daughter at eleven o'clock at night. Hmm. Right, I mean because that's 
Sean Wow, did you plan that? Yeah, that's funny. But Sean is literally taking a drink of a Dr. Pepper right now. <laughs> but like she sees Dr. Pepper as a blessing. It um, is. It is a blessing. <laughs> 23 <laughs> flavors. <Sorry. laughs> but it, at 11 o'clock at night, that's going to be ultimately right. harmful to her mm-hmm. and what's good for her. Yeah. But man, it's so hard to, to trust in that. Mm. I mean, it brings us back to the. Uh, I, I like the the language of the Colossians sermon series that we did, that we would choose substitutes. Yeah, you know, mm. so many times over mm. the substance, mm-hmm. and I think that's that's what we did over and over again. Genesis three, yeah. choosing substitutes. Um, mm. But God been, is so gracious to mm-hmm. step down into our mess mm-hmm. and and take. I mean, like he would even say, like I, I am taking this from you. Mm-hmm. I'm a and and I think he uses a word there. I'm afflicting you. Mm-hmm. It feels it's going to feel like an affliction, but it is ultimately going to to refine and purify. And mm-hmm. of course, in that moment, they're not going to like that. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, it's going to be for their good. Right. So I want to spend some time talking about the, uh, the Micah six eight. So the the sort of the pivotal verse in this in this chapter. Because um, I, I think, I mean, we, we've been hitting around it, but, but you actually took some time to to really explain and talk through, because the verse, for, for those who are listening, uh, Micah 6, 8 says, He has told you, O man, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God. Um, and uh, and so, and I think some translations would say to do justice, to love mercy, and, and to walk humbly. And so, um, and you spent some time thinking or talking through those three things, justice, mercy, and walking humbly. Um, and so, and I know at least a couple of our questions and things that we want to cover have to do with how you sort of flesh out two of those things. Um, but do you want to go back before we jump into those questions and just talk through those three terms and how you described them? Sure. Yeah. So, so first would be justice. And justice is this idea that when when people, uh, either either an individual or a group or, or a large people group, are in a position of power and authority over somebody else, that they are to use that power and authority for good, like mm. to give watch care over those who don't have that same power, and to make sure that they are able to take care for the vulnerable who are there. Right. So uh, the way that this would look, um, New Testament lived out, fleshed out. Um, get to James. Um, do you do you want pure and undefiled religion? It is to take care of orphans and widows in their distress. The reason James, I believe, brings up those two words, an orphan and a widow, is because they have no advocates for them. Um, Their advocates are gone. Um, For whatever reason, there's nobody else to stand for them. But if you want to do this rightly, then you stand in the gap for them. You stand in the gap for the widow. You stand in the gap for the orphan, because that is religion that, that makes God proud, that, that is pleasing to the Father. Uh, and I think that's the view of what justice is here. Now, you, you invert that, uh, and you have injustice. And, and I think, hear, hear me out, um, it is what the world is craving right now. There is a lot of buzzword right now about injustice. This is injustice. That is an injustice. And what, what they are saying is people in authority are, are exercising that authority in their mind wrongly. Uh, or not exercising that authority at all, rightly. Uh, and so there is this fight over what is justice, what is injustice, and, and so it's there. 
this is something that speaks to, in their context, the leaders of the people of Judah and the prophets of the people of Judah. Um, they were charged to take care of the people of God, and they didn't. Uh, they fleeced them instead. So if you if you paid them enough money to be, if you paid the leaders enough money, they were going to treat you favorably. If you paid the prophets enough money, they were going to give you a great prophecy. Uh, it would it would be a blessing. Uh, but if you didn't, then they would curse you. And so you were kind of caught in that tension and injustice there. Okay. The second part is this idea of mercy, uh, and and mercy not in the sense of like um, like like you deserve something, but I'm not going to give it to you. And, and I, I think that would be just kind of a um, a very <clears throat> small view of what this mercy is. It, this is more of a a covenantal love that supersedes feeling, right? So so we aren't to treat people or to love people based on what they have done to us or what they have not done to us. Instead, we are to treat them. And the fact that they were created in the image of the God that loves them and loves us. And so, so we treat them because they have inherent dignity, because God has given them that with mm-hmm. the creation of, of their body. And so we want to, to make sure that we are loving towards them, not based on what they've done and not based on what they've not done to us. And then finally, that idea of humbly. Uh, again, I used the, the Eeyore illustration yesterday, just kind of, you know, moping around. But, but humbly, carefully, thoughtfully, to making sure that we are walking with God. And I think as I go back and you study it, it's almost uh, um, an antonym word, right? So not a synonym, but an antonym, the idea of not arrogantly, which is what got these people in trouble in the first place, is they walked arrogantly with God. They knew God. They knew of God. They kept some of the laws that God had, but they did it so arrogantly that they were now the authorities over it. And so whenever they enacted God's law or justice or his scriptures, they would do it in a way that allowed them the best out of everything. So their walk was not careful. Their walk was very arrogant with them being on the throne of the authority of their life. And God said, that is the reason you are in the shape that you are in. Mm. And so he's already told them what to do, and they literally did the opposite of all three of those things. Wow. So and I was thinking as you were talking, and you were talking about the whole idea of justice and the fact that the the leaders that were fleecing them and like they they treated people based on like if you if you could pay them off they treated you favorably if mm-hmm. you and and as you were saying that I was thinking well that's exactly the approach the people so that's the example that was set for the people and that the people were trying to take with God you know that's right how can I that's how I can knew. I pay you off God you know like so that you'll treat me. Uh, you know, and see me, I guess, rightly. But um, so on mercy, uh, you know, I'm going to I'm going to work my way down through these. So uh, on the idea of mercy, this came up in our life group yesterday. And I know this is a huge topic and we're not going to resolve it. If we did, we would be the most brilliant people in the world <laughs> sitting in this room right now. In this we are the most brilliant people in this room right now. <laughs> Go ahead. Let's, let's um, solve it. <laughs> so, so, no, the idea came up because we were talking about loving people, uh, you know, not based on feelings mm-hmm. and, and what they had done or not done to us, but because they have inherent value created in the image of God. And somebody in our group raised the question, well, what about, you know, um, you know, if you're thinking about current world events, what about... Vladimir Putin, or, you know, or, mm-hmm. or someone who, 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 or a historical reference might be Adolf Hitler or someone like that, 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 um, you know, many would have viewed as an evil presence. And so, um, not that I'm necessarily trying to compare Putin to Hitler, but, you know, um, but I caught your connection. Yeah. But the idea being <laughs> that, that we view someone as, as, as evil. And then, then, uh, you know, to take that even further, 
the so if we're supposed to love people, they have inherent worth uh, because they're created in the image of God. Then what does that mean for war and killing and mm. you know? Um, and so, and I know this is a question that people have wrestled with for ages, but um, let's say you brilliant people. I have an answer, but I want to give others <laughs> the opportunity before I jump off into geopolitics. Ooh, I can't wait for that. <laughs> Just kidding. I'm not. Well, it's it, hard. I, I think it's, it's it, what does it mean to be loving is the question. It, part yeah. of it. That's part of it. Um, I, I, I don't know that it goes all the way to uh, the war question, but um, I, I, and I think loving doesn't necessarily mean we have warm fuzzy feelings toward Adolf Hitler um but what does it mean for us to love him or in modern day yeah you know what and and I think that's what I'm trying to figure out for us as believers to to love someone that we see as evil or see who is inflicting harm and hurt on other people. Mm-hmm. doesn't have to be in Russia. It could be a neighbor or it could be sure. a family member. It might be where it yeah. hits home for some of us. Someone that I know that, that based on this verse, I, I'm supposed to show mercy and love them because of their just who they are as a creation of God. But how do I do that? knowing that it's realistic for me to have frustration and hurt and feelings toward that person. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe even anger because of the way they are treating someone that I love. Um, I'm not really given an answer, but I think that's, yeah. is there a way to love yeah. that person in that circumstance? Well, and I, and I think too, you know, one of, one of the thoughts that I had in our conversation yesterday is that, um, you know, I think it is possible to have compassion for someone while also not agreeing or, or even being angry at the person, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I, think of, I think of times in, in my life when I've had people that, that I have, uh, you know, felt have mistreated me or others that I love and things. Um, and as long as I can keep them at a distance, like it's so easy for me to see them and demonize them, mm-hmm. you know? But when I actually pursue um, understanding a relationship or, you know, it, it humanizes them and all of a sudden I see them in a different light mm-hmm. and it doesn't change what they've done, but almost I feel a sense of compassion or um, uh, yeah, I, you know, I guess, I guess that's the best word I can come up with right now. Uh, but it's, mm-hmm. it's, oh, like you're, you're a person. And like, mm-hmm. like, just like me, and maybe you're even doing what you're doing because of some hurt that, that, you know, that you've been inflicted. Always. Um, so anyway, other thoughts? Oh, man. <laughs> Come on, uh, Sean. So, so like, yeah, the whole, whole concept. So if I, if I, if I think about what God desires for every human being he creates, that he desires for all to come to repentance. Why? So that ultimately they give glory to him. Right? Mm-hmm. So so that that's that's the Lord's desires for his creation to give glory to him. And so so our desire should be that every 
human being, to show compassion is to, to desire and want whoever you name it, if you want to name Hitler or Putin or whoever, that, that each person would come to a place of repentance so that they might give glory to God. That, that's compassion, love, care for that person, right? Um, now, I have to pair that with, we were talking about justice and injustice. So injustice ultimately doesn't bring glory to God. And so, so the Lord, as he holds these things together, right? Um, we talked about consequence of actions, those kinds of things. So you even find instances in, um, especially the Old Testament, where God wages war mm-hmm. against a people. Well, why? Um, and it was because their hearts were glorifying another God or glorifying themselves. Mm-hmm. And, and, and ultimately, that group of people were leading others astray and away from the one who deserves all glory. And so, so he, he balances this out. He, you know, when he leads his people in the promised land, he tells them to go in and literally wage war against these people because his long suffering had given them time for repentance and returning to him. Mm. And in the same manner that he's talking to his own people, mm. he's bringing judgment upon those that would not give him glory and would not um, live justly for his name and for, for who he is. And so, so I think there's, that may be difficult or there's a whole lot more to talk about in that, but ultimately it, it really is centered around the things that bring God glory. Right. Um, And that, that our desire, our love for others is also centered around that, that one, that one thing that we desire for them to come to repentance so that they might know Christ, be made whole with him, and then give glory to the mm. God that created them. And in that um, instance, that's what love looks like. Yeah. That's what you're mm-hmm. saying. Yeah. Uh, okay. I want to know what love is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think so, and I find, so I internally, <clears throat> it, it creates pressure for me on that there are things that God allows in his sovereignty, mm. and then some things that God seems to direct and mm-hmm. and imposes um, raging or waging war, right? Um, and at the end of the day, for me, where I find rest in that is that all of who He is is holy and loving, and um, mm-hmm. and so regardless of what I see those things being on this side of it, mm-hmm. I trust that that is who He is. That's right. The other thing for me that I wrestle with is that while I can trust Him to to wage war because of who He is, I have no trust in me. Mm on how I wage war on other people because I am not those things and I am emotionally driven. Um, and so it's the thing that creates um, a moment for introspection and consideration for me is um, while I may not understand those things that when I see God doing that throughout history, I know for sure I don't trust myself. Hmm. And if I were the That's one good. doing it because I'm arbitrary mm-hmm. and driven by That's selfishness, right. um, and it forces me into a posture of, I guess, back to humility, mm-hmm. right? And trying to be careful with that and how I treat others. Yeah. Does that make right. sense? Yep, I think yeah. that's right. I think that's how we, <clears throat> certainly how we exact the justice and the mercy aspect is by walking humbly with him, right? Mm-hmm. But here, here's the approach that I would take. And <clears throat> we didn't have a ton of time with this yesterday. Um, <laughs> hold on two seconds. 
passing some water. It's not Dr. Pepper, though. <laughs> I would have shared if you would have asked. <clears throat> Sorry, he, he watched you. He watched you drink it that Dr. Pepper. Great. All right, we're back to the game. It was toward the end of the bottle. It was a lot of <laughs> All right, so thinking through this, right? So whenever we see the New Testament, particularly Paul's writings, he talks a lot about loving people, encouraging people, um, uh, edifying people. But he would usually ends a statement with, especially with those in the household of faith. Mm. Okay? So, so as believers, we should be marked by the love of our Savior, but it should be first for the household of faith. And you say, well, what's that mean, right? Well, go back to this, this, this whole idea of justice and mercy and walking humbly with God. God is speaking to Judah. He is not speaking to the Assyrians. He's not speaking to the Babylonians who are going to be there. These are his people. And this is specifically speaking to his people for his people, right? So whenever they're talking about justice and mercy and walking humbly with God, first of the household of faith, of, of God's people, okay? Mm-hmm. So, so in this idea of justice, like I believe as we understand what this looks like, if we are in a place of authority over the people of God, we need to fight for justice in that community, making sure that there is nobody in our household of faith that is being treated unjustly, okay? So, so for us, I think something that's big in the SBC right now uh, is, is people who have experienced sexual abuse. And for, for a myriad of reasons, sadly, for so many, so many brothers and sisters, they have felt abused, experienced abuse, only to have it covered up over, over time and space for a long time, right? And so, so an injustice has occurred. I think the call here and now and then is for the people who are in an authority in the church to make sure that justice is being done. Anybody who is, who is being uh, maligned, anybody who is being marginalized, it is, it is those who in authority's job to, to make sure that those things are there. As far as the, the mercy goes, I do believe that this is also true first for the household of faith. And so I do appreciate the question of Putin, of Hitler, of, you know, name a name, a name. but this has more to do with Sister Sue. This has more to do with Mr. Mr. Tom, whatever, um, the people in your faith family that when you see them walk in, you're like, oh my gosh, here they come again. Like either they've, they've harmed you or done something to you. We don't, lo- we, we don't treat people in the household of faith because of what they've done or not done to us. We treat them covenantally the way that God has covenantally treated us. So that would be the first, I think, primary. How do you do that? You got to walk carefully with God. Like, I don't think it's as easy as, okay, press the button, justice done, press the button, mercy mm-hmm. given. I think there's a, a, a humble walking with the Lord as, 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 as Neil pointed out, we're broken. They're, they're going to be feeling, we're going to feel some kind of way because we're tied to the people around us because we have shared experiences together. Some of those are good. Some of those are not so good. And we need the Lord to help us do that. So I think there's walking humbly with that. But do, but then I think, what, what's the term? Is it, it's not, is it concentric circles mm-hmm. that, that go out? Mm-hmm. And so in the next ring out, I do believe that we apply this in the same measure to those outside the household of faith. But I also think it works both ways, with justice and mercy. So it's not just a blanket, oh, we love everybody. I don't care what you've done. You can do whatever you want to me, and I'm just going to love you. It's going to be great. No, there's first an idea of justice, that we are standing for justice, justice applied 
by the standard of God's word, because I think that's all we have as the people of God. I think that's what the world is circling around right now. The The target of justice is moving constantly for the world. Mm-hmm. It's I mean, Whatever it is today, tomorrow it's going to be something different. It's going to be something different next week. It's going to be something totally different next year. For the people of God, it never moves because the standard of justice is the word of God and the law of God. And so we fight for that. But mm. in that, we apply the mercy by walking humbly with him. That's where I would say this applies. Mm, First good. to the household of faith and then to those mm. outside of the, the kingdom. Mm. Mm. That's, that's good. good. Yeah. So, um, all right. So I, I know we've, we've only got a few more minutes. Hey, sorry, I, guys. I'm yes. sorry. I, like, I'm, I'm seeing my own arrogance in verse 7 because I'm imagining this really long, like, deafening silence after the final words in verse 7. When the people, the example they give is, shall I give my firstborn for my transgression? I'm imagining God's listening to their arrogance and that going, you have no idea that I will send my firstborn Mm. for your transgressions. Mm -hmm. Hmm. And laying that just like. Unbelievable. Like Mm. going, oh, my children, you have Mm. no idea what you've even just said at this point in history for what I will be offering for you generations from now. And I'm like, I would exactly say that to God. <laughs> like that's a, in my in my wickedness, I would be that bold and say, yeah. "You mean you mean to do this?" And mm-hmm. he'd say, "Yes, son." <laughs> and let me show you what I'm going to do for you. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. That's a good word, Neil. So, uh, Neil, I, I think it was you that brought up uh, as we talk about and sort of in our last few minutes here. I'd love to to hit this if you still want to. Okay. We may have already covered it, but um, the idea of Nope, keep going. <laughs> the idea of walking <laughs> carefully. Yeah. Um, you, you raised yeah. a, a couple of questions around yeah, that. Yeah, verse 8. So I've always read it like we see it right here in the ESV, humbly. And we are at the men's around the table. And uh, Josh, you unpacked with that word. That The other ways we could read that would be uh, carefully. And it was amazing for me what unlocked or became unsettled with just the change of that language mm-hmm. from... Humbly, I think Mark, you said this. Like the, I'm I'm really cool with the uh, the posture of humility. Whenever the word adjusted to a slightly different meaning of mm-hmm. carefully, it became about performance. And I was like, oh, I don't I don't quite know what to do with that now. What does that mean that God wants me to? Um, it's all, all about the rules, or is it about the relationship? And mm-hmm. I think as we talked through it beforehand, we said it's probably both. Both. That yeah. as a result of my relationship, I am compelled mm-hmm. to follow Him more closely. And live out his his expectations, his obedience, or our my obedience to what he is putting in front of me. Mm-hmm. But it did just that one subtle change in language. It unsettled me. It did me too. I mean, it, when I first heard it, I was like, mm, "Really?" But um, <laughs> I don't like that. I don't know that I really think that's right. No, <laughs> but but you know what's cool is like for me as I because I keep on going back to however you God with intimacy, and, and that's not my natural frame. So I'm learning how to bring that in, what he wants is relationship with me. And I think through my relationship with my wife and that what she wants is me to carefully love her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's not about doing the right things. It's just, am I thoughtful about the way in which I pursue intimacy in a relationship? In the same way with you guys in friendship, it's, am, am I loving you well? Am I, am I being careful in mm-hmm. how I honor each one of you? Um, and I think that's what God, I think that's the statement. Are you carefully um, responding to my love first mm-hmm. and then loving me? Yeah, I think in, in our life group, uh, the word mindful mm. was used to help explain it. And here was the opposite, um, flippant, mm. like carefree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that looks like arrogance when mm. 
I can do what I want. And there's a flippancy toward sin or toward justice. It's like I can take her to leave it, no big deal. That's the posture of arrogance. The posture of humility is submission and mindful of the things that are going to honor him. Mm-hmm. And and that's how I, I felt better about your use of the word. <laughs> uh, uh, careful. But I, but it, it, when when I see it that way, it's exactly right. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, I think it makes a lot of sense. I have, I have two pictures that come to mind and it's, I think for me, it's the whole idea of just paying attention, which, which goes back to what we were talking about, about, um, I think at the end you said, how do we live in a land of good and war against forgetting about God? Mm-hmm. Because I can see where if I view carefully um, in the rule following, mm-hmm. then it almost paralyzes me. It makes me go, okay, uh, I know I need to take a step, but I'm scared to take it because I may get it wrong mm-hmm. versus I think it has more so to do with is my attention set on the Lord Right? Is am I, am I paying attention to him? Am I seeing him for all that he is, um, and allowing that to direct my steps versus thinking he's up there going, "I'm waiting for you to take a wrong step." Yep. Mm. Right. And yep. it's that. So carefully, I think could could go either way, um, and I think it has more so to do with paying attention to God, mm. not forgetting him, um, setting our eyes on him, and so. Uh, so for me, that was the resolve, is, is thinking about it in that term. That's good. That's right. And so I would, and I hear both of you, I, I would still root down in careful, being my favorite word to use, in the sense of careful to the law. Because even if you are mindful, if you're, if, if you're just mindful of what you believe about God, that doesn't help you if what you believe about God is wrong. If you're following a version of God in your mind that is not a biblical version, it is something that we've created in our hearts and we found that, and here's, here's the danger of that, typically when we do that, our God, given enough time, starts to look an awful lot like us. Mm-hmm. And he loves what we love and he hates what we hate, not the other way around. And so if we're just mindful, I would, I would be careful because then we get into this Gnosticism, this idea of I have a knowledge of God that is going to drive me as opposed to the law of God that's going to anchor me. And so I would say it is careful because God told him in the beginning of the covenant in, in Deuteronomy 6, and then when the covenant was renewed in Deuteronomy 30, do not forget this. Don't forget the covenant we made this day, because if you do... It's not going to go well for you. I'm giving you life. I'm telling you, choose life. Choose blessing today. But if you don't, death is coming. If you don't, I'm going to wipe you away. We, we had some friends visiting, uh, first-time visitors, first time really going to church yesterday, um, some, of, some of Gideon's friends. Uh, and and we, we ate lunch yesterday, and Gideon and I were driving home after lunch. He goes, yeah, man, my buddy. Uh, it was his first time at church, and I was waiting on him to say, because in my head it was like, oh, your dad's so good. He's so cool. I'm so glad to hear him. And Gideon was like, well, how'd you like it? And he was like, I am scared to death. (laughs) And I was like, why? He goes, well, probably because you told him God was going to kill him. (laughs) And I was like, wait, no. But but there's an idea here, right? So again, and I told you in the beginning, this chapter's tough. Come to chapter seven next week. It's going to be a lot of fun. But if we're not careful, if we're not mindful to the law of God, then we're just making it up as we go. Yeah. So I think it's both and. Right. So I'm okay with the tension if if some people are like, that's too, that's too rule. There are rules. Right. There is a standard. 
you break that standard, that's sin. Mm-hmm. Sin leads to separation. And you can be mindful in that sin all day long, but you're still separated. So we have to be mindful of the law and mindful of the God yeah. that that law mm-hmm. is, is calling sure. us towards. And mm-hmm. I feel like that's a tension we walk in a lot. I mean, in in our conversations Absolutely. in this podcast, I mean, this this right. is a recurring sort of theme, That's like right. you know, That's right. um, and so yeah, I, I it is a it. recurring theme. It is, and I think it's it's good. It it's is right. It's, it's it's we ought to be having that tension in our life, sure. Because if not, we will fall off the wagon on either side. Yeah. Um, it's so easy to revert to legalism, but yet it's so easy to re- revert to a flippancy about sin. Yeah. Um, and we've got to be having these conversations as we understand Scripture yeah. to, to not find ourselves in either extreme. So real quick, I know we're running out of time. How do you stay careful? How do you how, – how, what does that look like for you? You mean how do you yeah. stay mindful? No, I'm going careful. <laughs> you already got shut down. How do, how do you walk humbly? How do you walk humbly? Yeah. With yeah. God. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so I'll, go, I'll just go quickly. Um, it is the Word. Um, because – all right, so here's the reason why it has to be. There's no other standard that we have as Christendom mm-hmm. stated is is the word. Everything else is just a feeling, a thought, a direction, right. a word from somebody else. But this is something that all of believers across time and space yeah. can anchor themselves to and mm-hmm. say, this is the standard by which we live. This is the standard by which we can know our God. And so I would say it is you will be hard-pressed to be able to walk humbly or mindfully without that standard in your life. And you say, whoa, Josh, they didn't have that standard. They did have they did. the law. They, they had the law that they went to that Moses gave them, yeah. that God gave to Moses for them to have, and they anchored themselves to it. The Shema, make sure when you wake up, go through it. Mm-hmm. When you're going about your way, understand it. When you're coming back in, walk through it. Because if you don't, you're going to forget them. And right. so it is imperative that the word drives us. Mm. Right. Anybody else want to try to trump that? Yeah, I'll go. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna take it and go. Like when I hear you say that, I go back to Psalm one. Mm. I think I've said this before. Mm. It's the idea of meditating on the word of the Lord day right. and night, and we'll be like a tree planted between two streams that bears fruit in season. For me, I go. Then how do I do that with the word? And I think it is uh, whether it's Bible reading plan, it's yep. reading the word daily, or even memorizing a passage a week. That you, then you ask the Holy Spirit, please show me how this. Like, bring this up for me this week as I see it in my relationships and those things, where it pulls those things in there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think to add to that, too, I mean, you know, uh, again, this is just more ways to sort of flesh out and be sure that we're living according to the Word. Um, I think, you know, as we talk about so often, here's community. You know, it's living living in community with people who who we give permission and freedom to speak into uh, into us hard things. That's so, the passages. Yeah. How do you take this talk about the Word of God? Yeah. 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 Well, so um, great, great discussion today. Uh, so next next week, uh, this coming Sunday, we finish up the Micah series. So chapter 7 is what we're hitting, and so um, looking forward to that. And then we're into an Easter series, so a three-week series that sets us up for Easter. Yes, Easter is coming. Mm-hmm. Um, we're just... Four weeks away, if you can believe that. Like that's that's like really really soon. Um, so, anyway, guys, always great to uh, to spend the time talking, and uh, thank you very much. Love You're you awesome, Mike. You're a great host, man. You're what, so what much are. better than any other host you ever have. You would know because I've never been allowed to host. <laughs> there was that one time. <laughs> Actually, that's the one time I tried. I hijacked it. Yep. I know. So, well. 
could I be know. outstanding. <laughs> outstanding in a field. Well, next week, Mark. Next week. I think on. I'm out. <laughs> All right, guys. All thanks. Right. Love you guys. Bye. This has been a production of Broadmoor Baptist Church. If you enjoyed today's episode, please share it with others and don't forget to subscribe. To help us spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe as well. They can find us wherever they prefer to get their podcasts. And if you'd like more information about Broadmoor, please visit our website at broadmoor.org or connect with us on your favorite social media platform where we're listed as at my Broadmoor. Thanks for listening.